Hey guys, welcome back to the flip side. Today we are talking about the evolution of tricking. So we are going to take a glimpse at how gymnastics and breaking have evolved since the creation of them and kind of see where the future of tricking might lie going forward. Um, this is a pretty interesting topic that Chris brought up to me the other day. I think it was a good topic to talk about because this is it's definitely a lot different than people would potentially think if you've never researched it yourself. Um, so I actually wanted to hear breaking, break dancing. Sorry, it's, I'm going to probably reference it as breaking, but um, Most I have do. no history of break dancing like at all. I know nothing. I know more of the history of gymnastics because I did an actual presentation on it in college. So I would love to hear breakdancing first, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. So, um, yeah, I guess so. You just want to go through completely through breaking and then we'll hit gymnastics right after. So um, yes. it's really cool to see the breakdancing side of it because it's actually extremely similar to tricking. It's all, The beginnings of it are extremely relatable. Um uh, so basically just jumping right in um breaking is considered an art and a sport but more so an art and it's it's hard to remember this but it's actually a dance right and that's never an outsider's first thought at least especially a tricker's point of view for me i don't think of it as a dance and i don't think of tricking as a dance but then you have to remember yeah. that capoeira is a dance so Right, is so that's kind of interesting to look at it that way, and um, but yeah, they view it as an art and a form of expression, um, just like the trickers do with tricking. Um, it started in the Bronx, which is at the time was the poorest part of New York, and weren't employing uh black people very much at the time, just because you know of the time that it was, and so to help themselves get money uh a lot of the black people would start dancing on the sidewalks uh and they, it would be breaking and so they would put okay. out cardboard and they would make money that way so that was how it started and so you can imagine that the culture of that um it immediately starts out competitive because you got to be good you know you can't just be crap and try to make money from being essentially a professional dancer on the side of the street yeah. right very true um, and then they all view it as, as a, it's a passion and, and it's the expression of emotion and the passion of life. It's not just going through the motions. There is emotion, emotion, okay. <laughs> not, you know what I'm saying? There's emotion behind all the movement, you know, it's ferocious or it's sad or it's excited, whatever that is, you know, they're expressing that. And that is also relatable and tricking. Oh, thank you. So, into a, uh, to an Olympic level, um, I feel I like parkour will get there first, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so, basically, what happens here is that breaking goes from the streets and starts to be added into dance studios, and they are able to start teaching it that way. Um, and so, basically, the culture remains because. The people who are, are going from the streets into the dance studios and they're passing on the culture. And obviously the culture is going to change a little bit because the pe people are a lot more um, almost cookie cutter at that point because yeah. they're being taught, you know, a certain series of moves. And, and there's starts to become like a, a consistent rhythm with kind of the flow to start out at least. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, I don't know if you've heard the term biting that comes from breaking. 
and you don't copy each other's moves. So uh, there's so much uniqueness and creativity going on and personalization. Uh, so many different variations and everything like that happening. And so you don't bite on each other's moves. That's also another part of the culture. And that's, and that's just more of the super competitive side, which I don't know. To me, tricking comes across as extremely competitive. But we've talked plenty about how people just do tricking for the fun of it. They do it for the community and to just be around all the people. And obviously, like, you're not – if it was all just about the people, you could go – to any sort of community event but it is the type of people that it draws that you enjoy and yeah. it is the activity itself that is enjoyable that brings those types of people so it makes sense and i and i believe the same is for breaking and that competitive side is there but also the acceptance and the understanding that everyone starts from the bottom and is working their way up you know lots of <laughs> lots of understanding and lots of helping and lots of even though it's super competitive you know, people take people under their wing extremely often. Um, so next up is that they start to branch out into uh, competitions. Um, and this is super cool. The competitions actually start um, being – they're provided not for free, but, I mean, they're basically everyone who's providing – these i'm just going to call them gatherings because that's what they are um they started providing gatherings around uh the u.s and people would go to them and basically the people providing these gatherings are they're breaking even you know you have to pay to join but there's no prize money and you are notoriety you're yeah you're just doing it to to provide and that's the exact same thing that happened with tricking that's exactly how tricking started and now people are starting to make a profit off of the gatherings and um it's just it's becoming a more evolved thing. Yeah. It's just the 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 gathering is becoming more structured, it's becoming more serious. We're getting a lot bigger turnouts. Um social media is helping with that. So just that kind of thing. Uh you know, the battles are consistent. So we're leveling up slowly in that sense and uh, from what I, I'm reading here, that uh, breaking actually did the jump a lot quicker than tricking did from from doing the the gatherings to actual national competitions, um, and that was the next step. So someone actually started a company and they started paying people to run competitions throughout the U.S. and they were actually sanctioned and serious competitions. And even though there were serious competitions going on. Um, it wasn't an Olympic sport and yeah. none of the scoring was ever like none of it stuck. The the scoring throughout the US was all different. Everyone decided on different scoring systems and depending on where you were. Yeah, just depending on where you were and what the judges valued and it was very opinionated, which is okay. fine because the judges are all, you know, high level breakers themselves. So yeah. it was supported. But now, now it's going into the Olympics and they're struggling to have one single way to score the sport. And even, and even though they had competitions previously, uh, the competitions were run by breakers. And the judges were breakers. And everyone who was watching were breaking supporters. And now right it's now it's different because... Now they're going into the Olympics, and they're actually being run by the dance section of the Olympics. 
Interesting. Now that that feels weird. They're yeah. like we're we're a dance, but we're not the same dance as it's not the same everything thing else. And it's funny because a lot of the other uh, a lot of other dances were considered for the Olympics to be added, but they chose breaking. I guess because it's, it's just mainstream. It's because it, actually, so they did a competition um, that was run by the dance committee of the Olympics, and they wanted to see the turnout. And so they did a tur- they did that with a bunch of different um, dance styles, and breakdancing was the biggest turnout by far. So that's why they added wow. it to the Olympics. Um, and oh. because the turnout wasn't purely um, breaking supporters, it in this specific case, it was actually people were just interested and showed up. Yeah. So that to them, and because Olympic you know viewing has gone down significantly over the years, they're trying to bring that back. They have and to so figure that out that was one of the. Yeah, so that was one of the ways that they were testing it out. Like, oh, this is definitely the highest views, so that's what we're putting in. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the breakers are like, okay, so now we're going to be run and sanctioned by a group that is not a breaker who does not respect the culture. We're going to potentially be judged by people who don't know what they're doing or are going to respect different things now that it is in a different setting. Um, and they're just worried about how that's going to – the ripple effects of that are going to cause to the rest of the breaking community. And – I just think, I think that that's what's unfortunate now is that we haven't seen what has happened yet. So we're a little sure. early on that. But from what I can see uh, in this sense, I mean, from the earliest sense of it, so breaking started becoming a competition, right? And as soon as something becomes extremely competitive, you start to lose a bit of the culture um, because people start to, yeah. you know, just the, just the word biting that exists. It's like, oh, so you're not going to help me learn this skill like you're going to keep it to yourself that's a competitive nature that i'm talking about and like you kind of lose a little bit of that family essence of like oh i'm just going to share everything i know you know so that's a little spooky but i mean kind of we're seeing that in tricking a little bit where i think not biting per se but the competitive nature makes people want to help each other less or it just is less of a community thing and more of a personal thing um, when you're focused on just being the best yourself and um, less about the relationships that you're making uh, in the community and remembering that that's the most important. But overall, I've just heard a lot of worry about how competitive tricking is becoming and how it's affecting the culture. And I just want to point that back to the breaking and say that even though there are competitions um, and even though that it's going to happen in the Olympics does not mean that there's not little pockets of super strong culture uh, throughout the U.S. also. And you don't have to be the best. Beating the Olympics doesn't mean you're the best for the breakers, at least right now. It's not yeah. the gold standard because they do have other competitions that go on. And because it's in the works, it isn't like oh, I need to do this to be recognized. They're so in love with their culture and in love with the sport and the art of what it is that they don't need the recognition. They do it for the fun and just like just like the trickers do. So that's my thought is that I think we really should push for the more competitive side of tricking, but I think that we should let it split into two pieces and let people jump back and forth and not just say, this is what it is now. It's not evolving as one. We can let, you know, weekly sessions 
be chill and fun and a good time. And then we can let, you know, some competitive entity start, start up and let that be the competitive entity, but not let it bleed into the rest of everything else. They can be two separate things that you can jump back and forth between. Right. And, uh, I think that a lot of people view adrenaline negatively uh, because of that. And I, also view adrenaline and negatively for the most part i think that it's just the wrong company to do that but i think that it isn't wrong i think that it is a good idea i just think that someone else should do it and i think that the potential's there you know for tricking to evolve into what we want it to we just have to help it and i think all the questions that people are asking i think the 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 fact that we are fighting that push is a good thing because it means that we're going to mold it properly instead of just not caring and letting anyone take the reins and kind of see what happens you know we're we're controlling it and that's a good thing but i think there's a lot more yeah i think there's like a lot a lot more people could take control and a lot more people could put in um efforts and not just say what they want, but actually do what they want. I think that would that's going to be the biggest thing. That's going to make the change. And if the if we want the culture to be passed on, then that's what we've got to do. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's hard to figure out kind of like rulings and stuff too. So like, it takes a lot because like if you want it to be competitive, there's rules that have to follow also, which is a big part of what's hard about breaking going into the Paris Olympics. Rules seem kind of weird because I remember we talked about it in a very old video. Um, I think that was our How to Score Gymnastics video two, and it, it, the breaking way of like, giving points still kind of doesn't make sense to me. It's hard to think of how that's going to relate to tricking too, because like I would think it more to how gymnastics would work, maybe figure skating, but also haven't done figure skating so that'd be like a whole other rule set to go look into yeah making rules for a new sport that is technically tricking as a sport but it's not sanctioned so it's hard to just like say oh we should all just follow these rules everybody kind of has to come together and at least agree upon majority of them i would assume i mean it's kind of funny that everyone is so afraid of a scoring system because just let it be a test you know like it's not an end-all be-all this is the scoring system. Obviously, have your say in it and, you know, but enjoy it for what it is. And it, it might feel like a different sport, which kind of sucks. But I think also people are afraid of kind of what's happening to gymnastics with the scoring stuff where they say like, oh, there's no room for creativity and you're scoring high level skills as low level skills so that people don't do them and things like that. We're like, that's kind of like, Tricking is all about pushing the limits, and I don't know how breakdancers view it, but I think that you know are, they're very similar in the sense that like they want the big moves and they want the crashes, they want the danger, you know. But having a scoring system in place might regulate that and might completely change the send it culture of yeah. tricking, right? It, it's gonna it's gonna stop people from trying to push the limits, and it's gonna make them focus on cleanliness and um, consistency, which is a great part of tricking, also. But it's not 
you know, we just don't want to be controlled is, is really what it comes down to in whatever way that you see that that has potential to control it. That's what we want to avoid. True. We, we want to make the control ourselves. Yeah. Cause I mean, once you put in a scoring system, there will be a million and a half people that will play by the rules and score better, but you will get the people that are that good that can play by the rules and throw the really stupid hard skills and still do well. Like, it, it, there's two sides to the coin, but I see where you're coming from. And I see where most people are afraid of because people will play by the rules and then just do better, even though they're not technically a lot better or even at all better than another person they're competing against. It's just a, a went by the letter, the letter says this, so they did better. Where the other person pushed the boundaries was still following guidelines, but it because of like not being cleanliness or they threw a skill and they kind of landed it, but it was like meh and didn't score as, as good. So, I mean, I get it. That's really annoying. It is. Yeah, definitely. So let's on that note, let's jump right into the gymnastic stuff. Unless you had any questions. Uh, not about breaking, but I will come back to some tricking stuff. Okay. Awesome. So, um, gymnastics has been around technically really long time it just wasn't really gymnastics like what you would think of now um it actually started back in greece uh mainly by the spartans to use to mainly stay healthy and to stay fit because they used to have rules back then of actually staying in shape and were required to so men so men can join the military and men can just have fit kids was pretty much it. Because um, back then, you were seen as weak. They didn't care. They didn't care about you at all. Like, you had to be, like, top dog, and you had to be strong, and you had to be ready to do all of this stuff. So they used gymnastic-style training to get ready for combat and to actually stay in shape, which is kind of nuts, thinking, like, doing, quote-unquote, gymnastics. Like, if I'm thinking how things are done now, like, oh, cool. Like, if I just saw a random dude on the battlefield just, like, go do a backflip, <laughs> like then swing a sword at me i'd be really confused i'd be like that was that was witchcraft what's going on (laughs) yeah right no it makes a lot of sense though because um it's kind of it's kind of the that like that episode that we did about weightlifting versus um like real muscle versus fake muscle you know like they're training gymnastics because it's a full body movement and it is all your muscles firing at once it's building athleticism not just strength so it is full body control, full body strength, full body awareness. And it's, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that translates extremely well. Yeah. And then there's a lot of time gap in between that. So and really fast forwarding quite a bit um, for a long time. Gymnastics then after being just used mainly primarily as a way of just like staying in shape, they actually started doing it. Mainly in like circus and performance arts, they would include gymnastics stunts because I mean, I mean, someone does a backflip, it's still fucking cool no matter what the age. So I mean, probably wasn't. But it's not considered. Then. Is it not considered gymnastics yet? Not exactly. Gymnastics is like it, the definition of gymnastic is just like acrobats, right? Kind of. So, where gymnastics comes from, the Greek root of gymno or gymnos means to exercise naked um, nice. and that's because originally they like 
did it in the nude, and then, like, if they competed in any kind of things that were like that, it was in the nude. So... The way it's supposed to be. Yeah, so just kind of how it was. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing, using it just for performance art, mainly, after that, uh, it, it just looks cool. I mean, am I wrong? Like, is doing a backflip... Like, if you just randomly were walking through the mall and you started, like, walking on your hands, I mean, A, yes, you are going to look at looked at very weird but when you guys did your tricking stuff like in the mall people were probably like whoa that's some cool shit and they probably stopped Dude, for a second. we had so many people gathered around so yeah. many people yeah like it would be the same thing like people are gonna gather around and watch it because it's cool that's just the way it is but um been fast forwarding through that so because that's like middle ages kind of stuff um late 18th century uh Germans wanted to make kind of the elements of like early gymnastics, but yet staying in shape, just part of formal education. They started coming up with ideas of stuff. Um, there was actually a guy who wrote a paper, if I remember correctly. I don't remember if, if it was a paper or it was just some, I don't remember what they exactly called it, but um, his name was Johan. And he's dubbed as the grandfather of modern gymnastics. So he actually wrote things for two different divisions. There was one that was practiced just for health and functionality, which he liked to call natural gymnastics. And the other was purely based on grace and beauty, as like what it says, uh, in performance of skills called artificial gymnastics. Like, uh, okay. That's why, okay. Yeah, I know. So... Major develop the one of the major developers also of natural gymnastics, along with Johan, was Per Henrik. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, Per Henrik Ling. Don't know if that's correct at all. Uh, he used the exercises actually for medical benefits, and he's credited also for potentially creating like calisthenics or like the idea of calisthenics, physical therapy, and floor exercise. So, I mean, pretty crazy if like it really didn't start developing in, of what we know until the late 18th century. Like, that's a long time. That's really cool. Yeah, Dude, he must have thought he was a genius and everyone was like, you look like you're insane. And then I everyone know. was like, wait, it works. It's it's also crazy <laughs> to think that it started back from Greek-Roman time. And up until then, it wasn't really like what we would think of gymnastics. Like, the slightest. This is really when gymnastics starts to form and like become what we think. It even takes a lot longer of a time between then to really start becoming gymnastics gymnastics. Just really weird. Because even in the beginning of the 1800s, so now we're moving into the 19th century, they used a term for I mean, they use gymnastics as a term for any type of physical activity, so that doesn't really help define gymnastics. Yeah, that's unfortunate. All. That's crazy, though, that it didn't become a competitive thing right away. You know, if oh. if they're using it as a way to stay in shape, you'd think that someone would be like, well, look what I can do. And you're like, oh, shit. And then you try to do oh, it, and you try to better them. Like, I'm surprised that didn't just happen so easily, but I mean... I guess people were just very uh, team-oriented back then. I don't know. Yeah. It, 
it's weird that it took thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah, that is really crazy. Also, <laughs> I was I was just thinking like when was the first backflip ever done? Like did like cavemen oh, ever do a backflip, you know? Probably on accident. <laughs> like like on a on a rock wall, like reaching for a fruit and then actually flips backwards and he's like, Whoa, watch this. It just doesn't matter. Right, right. <laughs> God. Uh that is not true history, don't quote us. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> um so going forward that little bit, so beginning of the eighteen hundreds, nineteenth century, since they used gymnastics kind of broadly, there was term of light gymnastics which was referred to using dumbbells, wands, and clubs and exercises. That's what they called light gymnastics. That's pretty much like light heavy lifting, like light weight lifting. They, they called that gymnastics. So it means weightlifting is gymnastics? In a way? Makes weird. <laughs> then they called um, heavy gymnastics was training on larger apparatus. Like kind of like the vault table and the horizontal bar and the parallel bars and all that kind of stuff because you can't really move those that easily. So it's weird that they differentiated between the two and there wasn't really gymnastics. Really, it, like it wasn't a thing still, even though it's been like clearly defined that like their gymnastics is a term, but they don't use it quite the same that we do. Um, and then let's see. 1826 was the first collegiate gymnastics team. And it was, uh, I believe, created by... Where is it here? Dr. Charles Follen, who was originally hired at Harvard as a German teacher, created the first collegiate gymnastics team in 1826. That's a long-ass time ago. That's 220... Wait... That's 200 years ago. But, that's almost 200 years ago. But, okay, so let's look at this, like, like, and make it relevant. So we see it go, the culture, go from, like, I guess super team-oriented, very, like, helping each other just stay in shape and using it as a skill to better themselves. And then it slowly is changing into what i mean it pretty much just stays the same for a really long time even when it even even when it's evolving it's not evolving into competitiveness which is kind of wild to me um they do start to like define tricks and things like that but that is so like early raw i mean even in tricking like that happened you know that that was like a long time ago for tricking and um it is weird. It is crazy. But, I mean, I feel like tricking... I mean, because gymnastics is the first version of, like, an acrobatic anything. But then tricking evolved from existing acrobatics. So I think that we had a leg up. Um, that's why it's taking so long for gymnastics. is Because it's, like, literally the first one ever. <laughs> it's weird. It, it's kind of weird that it took so long when we look at it from current perspective. From, but from back then... Sports weren't really, like, there were only so many sports that were, like, maybe potentially competitive. And even then, like, nothing was international. You can't see it in the same lens. It was like, oh, cool, we can compete against the town over. Uh, what notoriety does that give you, really? Like, that, that holds, like, zero weight. So people were like, oh, yeah, I'm just really good at this. Cool. That's awesome. But it doesn't. 
doesn't matter. Where now it actually holds some weight. So I, I can understand why things evolve differently now and how quickly, especially when you already when they're tricking is getting a basis from so many different things and combining it into one, and now it's finally really at that peak of evolution. In my opinion. right, and I think that I think that we have the internet, and also the idea of competition is just like extremely relevant because we have the things that are similar. It's almost like we know the path it's going to take already. So like, let's get it over with kind of thing, you know, like let's get it where it wants to be already. Um, which is, cr it's crazy that we're holding it back. We're really holding it back so much because of that. We, we can look at it and be like, this is where it's headed. And everyone's like, I don't want it to go there, which is, which is crazy because I feel like skateboarding and snowboarding and now breakdancing you'd think that they would push so hard. It feels to me like they pushed so hard to get to where they are and they wanted that. But then it, when you look internally, I feel like they all were afraid of it. Yeah. They just, they don't want sticks up their butt, you know, or to, for the sport. They just wanted it to be like, you don't start skateboarding and breakdancing and tricking and even gymnastics because you want like, <laughs> Because you want a coach breathing down your neck telling you what to do and you want to just be controlled. Like, that's not what it's about. It's no, about just even. enjoying it and, you know, having fun. And so it's just, it's weird to think that people are afraid to lose that aspect of it because of the competitive side. Like, you're not going to join it to be an Olympian if you don't enjoy it. Like, you're not, you're not going to do that. Uh, that's true. It's, it's it's like a byproduct. So why would we lose the culture, especially with a sport that's so difficult? Right? It it's so difficult. You can't just be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'm gonna join it, and then <laughs> you know because it's cool. Uh, you need a little bit more than that <laughs> to to stick yeah. around, right? Eventually, yeah. I mean, you do. First, it's like, oh man, this is really cool, and then eventually, it's like, okay, I need the excitement that I had from the beginning. Yeah, I... you need to go back and touch on it all the time. Don't forget to follow us on the underscore flip underscore side underscore podcast on Instagram. And C-H-R-I-S-P-Y underscore T-R-I-X. That's Crispy Tricks on Instagram. And I also have another YouTube channel, Tricks Fix, T-R-I-X space F-I-X for more tutorials and other things. And we'll see you guys next time.